Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, July the 1st, also known as the day that Philadelphia Phillies players are reporting for spring training 2.0. Workouts will begin on Friday, also known as the first of the month that we will be getting Major League Baseball back the 23rd or the 24th opening day. So we are uh, uh, a little over three weeks away. This is um, really exciting stuff. We should have a schedule next week, which will be pretty exciting. We can actually go through the games. And, you know, with only 60 games, the layout of the schedule, that much more important and impactful. So we'll dive into that a lot to get into. A uh, a 30-man roster projection coming your way later this week as well as obviously right now 60-man roster, which they're still filling out some spots on. Anthony Swarzak was added as the 54th man. But also, by the time the season starts, they will have to get it down to 30. Uh, and then obviously they'll have the taxi squad after that. So we will dive into a 30-man roster prediction. A few things to get into today, though. Uh, a little later, I want to get into the media guidelines the Phillies have issued for this season because there's some... Stuff that I actually found surprising in terms of how the game will be covered this year. Stuff I wasn't expecting. So uh, we'll get into that. I I wanted to start, though, Jim Salisbury. Really good piece uh, from a couple days ago on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Talking about the top five Philly stories lines for spring training, too. And we'll, you know, be looking in and talking about storylines obviously until the season starts but i figure what a better way to start than to see where jim's head is at with the biggest storylines as jim of course is plugged in with the philadelphia phillies as literally anyone out there so um i'm intrigued to see where his head is at with diving into those storylines again later i want to get into the media guidelines for the phillies but first Let's dive into these storylines. And again, later in the week, uh, a 30-man roster projection coming in. Obviously, we'll have a lot more fun actually talking baseball and not labor negotiations. It's very exciting. All right. 
Biggest storylines for Jimmy is five. The first one he lists is the fifth starter. Here's what he has to say. Aaron Nola was in line for opening day for the opening day start, and Zach Wheeler, Jake Arrieta, and Zach Eflin were also set in the rotation. Vince Velasquez and Nick Pavetta were vying for the fifth rotation spot, and the calendar dictated the decision was getting close. Ah, but a third candidate, lefty Ranger Suarez, was getting some traction. He asked, will Suarez still be in the mix when the when camp opens, or will it be a bull, uh, bullpen piece? Um, he says starters are going to need a few starts and before they get put deep into the bullpen, so maybe Suarez works as a long man out of the pen, but... Um, I do think, you know, however they go it, it, with that fifth starter is obviously going to be a, a major decision for this team. You know, you hope, and, and Salisbury gets into this with this next question, you hope that Spencer Howard can be that guy, and obviously a better, much, 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 much better version of that guy down the road. Um, but uh, I think the Pavetta-Velasquez thing is interesting, and Suarez too. And I, I do think Jim makes a good point, though, that I think all three of those guys will have a role on this team in the sense that, at least early on, in the sense that with starters unable to go as deep into games as usual, considering only a three-week ramp-up after ramping up and shutting down and getting back ramped up, you know, you're not going to expect starters to pitch as deep into games, or at least some of them, for sure. So you want guys who can give you two, three, four innings in the middle of a game. And guys like Pavetta, Velasquez, Suarez, whoever doesn't get that fifth spot, um, are interesting candidates for it. If I had to bet right now on who's going to get it, and again, I think it's all dependent upon how they look when they come back. This is really one of those situations where certain guys might just respond better than others to the layoff and the return. But I would I would bet on Pavetta. I don't feel super confident about it. My guess as of now is Pavetta will obviously dive into that more as the spring training 2.0 continues and as we lead up to the season. But I, I think Pavetta, if I had to bet, will get the chance. Velasquez has had more opportunities than Pavetta has to prove that he can't do it. And Suarez is interesting. I do think Suarez does have a real shot at it, but I also think that he's, of the three, is the most experienced at pitching out of the bullpen as well. Maybe that's a, a stronger reason to maybe think about starting Suarez out in the pen. And look, I think, you know, with the amount of injuries that are certainly possible and the shortness of the season, you know, all these guys could get starts at one point or another. Uh, number two for Jim Salisbury's top five storylines for Spring Train 2, obviously the one that we just alluded to. Um, and I think for me it might be, you know, number one, it's certainly high on the list. What about Spencer Howard is what he says. And he says the shortened season will take care of his workload limit. And he should figure prominently in the sprint of the season, in this sprint of a season. However, the question is, will he impact the first week of the season? Uh, he's saying it would not be su- surprising to hold – to see management hold him down a little so they can preserve the extra season of control over free agency. That's seven days of the season. For those who don't know, that they'd have to hold him down for seven days of the season, which I am sure they will do. And and let's be real, as much, it is really a, a fascinating philosophical question of in a season of only 60 games where literally every game actually does matter and getting off to a hot start matters and all that, where there is just no equivocating about how important these games are versus the idea of an extra year of team control on someone who you think could be a legitimately important piece for you for a long time. It's a, a, what's more important really. And I think when you look at the team and you look at their chances to win, and again, it's a weird season, weird things can happen, but you know, they're not a favorite going into the season, so to speak. So I think for that reason, it, it is probably smart to, 
get the extra year control and just play it safe. And it's going to be frustrating for a lot of people. And look, I think it's going to be really a, a fascinating one way or the other because I, I do think that having Spencer Howard up to start the season will help the team win more games. But when you think about it, really seven days, that's only one start most likely. So you're giving up a start. And then if they miss out on the playoffs by one game, you can point back to it and be like, hey, that could have been the spot. But I do think the decision for Spencer Howard um, to bring him up and when is important. And I do think that once you get that extra year of team control, I think he needs to be up immediately after the the extra year of service time is uh is accrued. Same with Alec Bohm and, and, and uh, Salisbury says the same thing about Bohm saying that you, you want Bohm to, to impact on the season and this little write-up on Howard. Um, so you can't mess around, though. The point is, you know, we're just talking about Nick Pavetta, Vince Velasquez, Ranger Suarez. Look, I know that until someone proves it in the major leagues, you can't say that they're definitely better than someone who is in the major leagues, but I feel incredibly confident that Spencer Howard right now at this moment is a better Major League Baseball pitcher than Vince Velasquez, Nick Pavetta, or Ranger Suarez. So I do think that having Howard up will can and will make a difference. And I think you get the year of service time, you get him right up, and you start that first game you can and get as many out of him as you can. And I think you use Bohm as much as you can after those seven days are accrued and that, that year of service time is accrued for him as well. But um, I think it's going to be a fascinating storyline, again, for a Phillies team that, that needs to – win every game they can, and uh, these two guys will make them better, uh, even if it's on the periphery, however you want to look at it. They make them better, so it's going to be a really fascinating one. I agree with Jim. For me, that the, the Spencer Howard bomb thing might be my number one uh, storyline coming into the you know this spring train, too, and, and heading into the season. It's, it's massive. It's really important, and it's going to be fascinating to see how they handle it and how they sell it. All right, number three for Salisbury. Who plays second and third? Great question. You know, and he points out that, you know, it was one of the big questions that when, when spring training originally opened, um, Segura was open-minded about giving third base a, a try. It looked good at the position. Kingery at second. It looked like Segura at third, Kingery at second. But we don't know if that's definitely going to be the case, especially the way Girardi talked about Segura playing third base when he was on with Angelo um, at one point over the last few months, talking about how Segura asked to play third base because – he could play second base. He knows he could play second base. He's done it before. Um, let him try out at third and see what he could do, and then it's a more versatile player and, and gives him options, and I think that's that's cool, and it is good to have interchangeability. Um, look, I think it's one of those things where Segura is probably a better second baseman than he is a third baseman. Uh, I think Scott Kingery is probably a better third baseman than Gene Segura is a better third baseman. But Scott Kingery is also a better second baseman than Gene Segura's second baseman, and potentially definitively so, I think. Um, so I think it's going to be fascinating. And I look, I think if they, you know, a lot has been made about the idea of, of if you put Scott back at second base at his natural position, he won't have to think as much. He won't have to um, focus on so many different things that he can just succeed there and, and, and that's it. Um, and that is his natural position. And I think there is some merit to that. I don't think it's... A definitive thing, I do think there are certain players probably who it does help that to to be stuck in a sp- uh, you know in one position and not worry about other things. I do think that matters and 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 whatnot. But I also think that Kingery is part of the reason he's so valuable is his ability to move around and, and give you um, above average defensive play at multiple positions. Um, and I do think center field is interesting because if Hazley doesn't hit and you know they want to get Bohm into the lineup, especially after that first week. 
you know, a Segura at second, Bohm at third, Kingery in center type of lineup is something you could see at times as well. They could move McCutcheon over to center. You don't know if you want to do that too much with the ACL. And then Bruce and left. I mean, there are a lot of different variations that they could do. But if I had to guess right now, I'll guess based on what we saw in spring training one, that it'll be Segura at third and Kingery at second. But I could see that flip very easily. All right, question number four from Salisbury. Uh, or not question, storyline. Top number four storyline. Uh, Kutch is set. He said Andrew McCutcheon. Fully healthy coming in. I agree that is just a a massive thing for this Phillies team. McCutcheon, a true difference maker. We've talked about it many times here on this show. You know how important I think he is. I thought that last year when he went down that the team wouldn't be able to overcome it. I thought it was such a big loss from a off and on the field perspective. He gave them so much that I just thought that it was too much, and it was. It turned out to be too much for the team to overcome. I think getting him back, especially if he's healthy and, and you know he's gotten some extra time to heal and, and, and be ready, uh, if he didn't hit the ground running, I mean, that's a, a game-changing type of thing for this team. You know, a leadoff hitter who you feel incredibly confident about. And also the thing about McCutcheon, too, that was uh, – and I talked about this the other day, but just the idea that once he's on your team, you get to see how he does everything great. It's not just the, the bat, the numbers, a good fielder. It's that he runs the bases right. He's engaged in the game in the dugout. He's locked in. He's he's just a great teammate, a great player, and he does everything the right way. So, um, yeah, <laughs> concur. It's big to have Kutch back. And, uh, and Salisbury's number five storyline, new leadership. So, obviously, that's uh, something we have talked so much about this offseason is the arrival of Joe Girardi and Brian Price as the, the pitching coach. Joe Dillon as the hitting coach. I mean, this is a, a staff that is just far more accomplished than the Gabe Kapler and his staff, you know, Gabe, Gabe Kapler-led staff that we've had here the last few years. I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, Joe Girardi's World Series winning manager. Brian Price has been a pitching coach for years and years and years and years. Joe Dillon's... Uh, coming from the Nationals who just won the World Series. I mean, this is just an accomplished staff. And you know, I mean, if you listen to the show at all, you know that I think Joe Girardi, the number one biggest thing the Phillies did this offseason, I think what that dude can bring from a culture perspective and from a game-managing perspective is just such a massive upgrade from Gabe Papler. I do think that the shortened season the lack of road trips you know classic road trips probably helps the culture thing hurts the culture thing a little bit and that Girardi's full worth can't totally materialize but I just think the way he's going to get guys to play he's going to make sure everyone is playing the game the right way is doing the little things is preparing to be successful and his in-game managing is is High level as well. I, I feel really good about his ability to, to handle the pen, to make the right to strategic decisions in the game. And we'll, we'll have something on that in a minute too. Um, I, I just, I'm so excited about Girardi. I'm excited to have him here. I'm excited to see what he could do with this team. And it, look, it seems like the team's excited too. I mean, we've heard so much from guys this offseason. Salisbury in the article points out a few of them. Um, the Zach Eflin, Jake Arrieta, a few other guys who we've heard the glowing reviews of Joe Girardi, uh, going from Gabe to Girardi, uh, you know, the the things that have been said about Chris Young, like, you know, former pitching coach, have been jaw-dropping. I mean, they've just taken open shots at him and his inability to be successful at that job with them. And Brian Price is a, a massive change in that. Someone, again, who has a 
a long established track record of success as a pitching coach in major league baseball. And I just think it's exciting. I think the new leadership is, is again, for me, the number one reason that I have more optimism about the Phillies than I did, um, you know, than, than I would based on just what the roster is. You know, I, again, I, I think they're a fringe playoff contender. I think Girardi is the type of guy who can take them from that to actually getting a wild card than not. I mean, again, this whole shortened season, there's so much variability, and the schedule is just a killer. As we know, we don't have the games themselves, but we know the AL East and the NL East will be the schedule, and that is just a brutal draw. It's a brutal draw for the Phillies. It really is, and we'll talk more about that as the schedule's released and, and you know, we go through that. But I do think that impacts their chances this year. But I, I think regardless of all that, Joe Girardi will make a difference, and whether they get to the playoffs or not, I think Girardi's going to make them better this year, and especially in a shortened season, in a weird season, in a unique season with a lot going on. I think having a steady manager who knows what he's doing and can take advantage of impactful situations on and off the field and can maybe win you a game or two here or there, I think it's going to be a massive advantage for a team like the Phillies compared to other teams that don't have that type of guy in that chair. I I really do. I think it's a a big thing this season. So shout out to new leadership. We're big fans. Speaking of which, um, I've been meaning to get to this actually uh, for the last few days. This is from a Corey Seidman piece on – NBC Sports Philadelphia, even before this Salisbury Storylines piece. And, and coming up, we'll get to the media guidelines for the year. Um, but it was about Girardi managing differently in a 60-game season. Uh, you know, Kind of relating to what we were just talking about, the idea of how important Girardi can be um, in, in these type of unique circumstances. Um, and Simon wrote, um, talking about Girardi's priorities heading into the season. This is from Girardi. Girardi says, There's much more thought into this than ever before said the Phillies' first-year manager. Uh, He talks about uh, nobody expects – this is not Jari, this is Simon. Nobody expects starting pitchers to go deep into games in their early starts because they won't have the same stamina build up from a normal ramp-up period, nor will many hitters have the timing they'd emerge with from full spring training. Girardi cautioned that relievers also must be handled differently. He said you can't start running your relievers out there a number of days in a row just because it's not a marathon. It's a sprint, he said. You think about a you think about position players. How many games are they really going to play before they get go into a regular season compared to a normal spring training? There's a fine line as managers that we walk to make sure players aren't overused. Because think about it: if you hurt someone or they go on the injured list for two to three weeks, that could cost you your season. Interesting. He says he's going to use the designated hitter as a way to supplement that as well. We talked a little bit about that, but using the designated hitter as a way to you know, get veterans uh, at bats while not having to, to play a day in the field. Um, but I do think it's important that Girardi's realizing that because I do think it's one of those things where there is a an instinct to want to push everything you have, you know, all your chips in the middle for every single game because they all matter so much. And and really, it will come down to, to game here, there, this, whatever, that will cost teams their season one way or the other. I mean, it's going to be that razor thin. And um, I think there's a, an impulse to to want to just do everything you can in every situation to, to win. And I, I think while that's important, I think what Jory is saying is you have to do it in a smart way where you know, you, you can't, use guys, overuse guys just because you need to win a particular game because that'll come back to haunt you. And I do think that's important because I think he's right, especially with the weird 
training we've had this offseason with the you know the stoppage and then the ramp up and all that just it feels ripe for injuries it feels ripe for for flukiness and all that and and i think girardi being cognizant of that and aware of that is important and just in general i think the fact that and it's not surprising but the fact that girardi's going in just really thinking about the types of things that he's gonna have to battle this year from a managerial perspective i think is is really important all right the phillies released their their media guidelines for 2020 um, and I, it's actually really surprising to me because I did not expect media to be allowed into the games. I really didn't. I thought it was going to be um, a situation where, you know, the, the teams and the players were there and then the, the local announcers would be there and, and that'd be it. You know, TV crew and all that, I get that stuff. But I, I didn't expect that, that beat reporters, as it were, would be allowed in and uh, that is not the case. The Phillies will have beats there. So we will get, I mean, look, as fans, it's great. <laughs> we get to actually um, have people ask Joe Girardi questions after games. We get to, during spring training 2.0, we get to see stories. We get to, you know, watch, uh, see pictures of, of players doing things, of all this type of stuff that I, I didn't think we were going to get. So uh, I, I'm I'm excited about that. I You know, it is a little nerve-wracking because you want as a few people in that stadium as possible, but it does seem like there's a lot of, procedures in place to keep them obviously away from the players certainly um there's a lot of uh uh, guidelines about when they can get there when they leave how they enter where they can stay when they're in there um you know really a lot of of interesting stuff i'm not going to bore you with the details but it is something where it does seem like the phillies have a lot of procedures and guidelines in place which i think is really important Again, I think obviously it's really important. I mean, that goes without saying. But but um, I think the fact that Phillies seem to be really on top of this, especially after the outbreak in, in Clearwater, that Clentax had caught them by surprise how quick it spread. I think that was something that also was like, all right, we got to make sure we put in certain procedures as well. I think they're doing a really good job with this. Um, it, there's obviously going to be less media allowed in than in the past. Um, so there's going to be you know a, a cap put on it. Obviously, I'm assuming you know, the bigger... Um, outlets will probably have higher um, a higher representation, of course. Um, they're going to do all kinds of screenings when people come in, temperature checks, all that type of stuff. Um, they're even allowing media from road teams to come, and, and obviously there's all kinds of testing and you know uh, or, or you know temperature screens and all that type of stuff going on. Um, uh, one important thing is that the, the media will not have direct access to players, manager, baseball operational staff. All the interviews will be all the interviews, even though they're there, will be over Zoom. So I think that's an important distinction. Like the the media is not getting anywhere close to the players, and I do think that's an important distinction, obviously, than the way it's been in the past. But I, again, my biggest takeaway: I just I'm really happily surprised that the media will be there to cover this for us. That look, you know, you don't think about it all the time. But the media really enhances the the experience. Obviously, watching a game that's media too. But in terms of, like I just mentioned, like the the post game interviews and finding out what the players had to say and getting the opportunity to hear Joe Girardi talk about why he made a certain decision at a certain moment in the game. I think all that stuff is really fascinating and valuable to baseball fans, especially you know those of us who I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know that the the you know, intense, hardcore baseball fans. That's the type of stuff we want to know. We want to hear. You know, it's um, 
and it's about holding players and managers accountable and all that type of stuff. And uh, I, I'm I'm really excited that we're going to get that because I do think that it's going to enhance the experience of it. Um, you know, quotes from players, all that type of stuff matters. And I think that, look, I mean, think about like Gabe Kapler, the half the Gabe Kapler era was us reacting to the stuff he said, you know? And then how about the Sean Rodriguez thing, calling out the fans? I mean, that was something that was, you know, a big story in Philadelphia. And that doesn't happen if there's no media there to, to interview him, you know? So... Um, I, I'm, I'm really excited that we're going to get that kind of access in a situation where I didn't think we were going to. Um, and I, I think we're all going to be grateful for it. We're all going to appreciate the access, especially after going so long without it, <laughs> so long without it with any sort of real true sports information and, and nothing to, to sink our teeth into. I think we're all going to be really happy to, to soak in as much of it as we can to take in every last drip and drop of of the experience of watching a game and then talking about it and and consuming content related to it and all that type of stuff i just um i, I think we're not going to take it for granted as much as we used to certainly so at least for a while you know you never know we are we as humans have a tendency to go back and uh, revert back to ways who knows but it certainly um I know I, I, I'm so excited to have it back and I'm not going to take it for granted. And I think the fact that we're going to actually get to have it covered the way we, at least to a certain extent, it won't be the same, obviously, as in the locker room, Mike in the face, all that type of stuff. But I think you will, you know, we'll get to see baseball covered at least in some form the way we know baseball to be covered. And I think that's a, a positive for anyone who's a fan of baseball. Uh, all right. Uh, like I said, later this week, uh, a 30-man roster prediction coming your way. And uh, some other stuff related to the return of baseball. So many Phillies topics to get into. Uh, I want to dive more into the Bohm Howard discussion we were just having about um, the the importance of winning those games versus the importance of a year of service time. is a fascinating discussion. There's a lot of stuff to do, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Stick with us. Um, and uh, can't wait to talk some more Phillies with you tomorrow. So until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.